you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Two sleeps to the new year, December 30th. Welcome to Good Morning Football. My name is Kay Adams. Our show presented to you by Old Trapper Beef Turkey. Thanks for being with us. New Year's resolutions on the way. If you have a New Year's resolution with an NFL spin, something you're trying to do, something you're resolving to work on for the next season or into the playoffs, you need a team to work on, please let us know. The guys are going to share theirs momentarily. Kyle Brandt is here. Super Bowl champion M. Rob, Michael Robinson in the building as well. And Tom Pelissero joining us for the second time this week. Tom, how are the early hours treating you? I'll tell you what, Kay. On Monday, I believe I was filling your seat. Today, I'm filling Peter Schrager's seat. And I'm not going to lie. There's substantially mm. less pressure here than there was on Monday. <laughs> now you got to bring the goods, baby. you got to bring the goodness. At GMFB, let's get right to it. Playoff picture time. Um, let's go. Big matchup. Lead block. NFC, guys. Let's Lead hit block. it. It's Yeah, it's Sunday. It's the five-seed Cardinals. They're going to Jerry World to take on the two-seed Cowboys. What a game this will be. They're going to be some... You know, some action, some highlights, maybe some turnovers, Trayvon Diggs. It's all going on in Dallas on Sunday. James Slater has everything you need to know ahead of Week 17. Good morning, Kay, and good morning, Breakfast Table. AT&T Stadium hosting a good one on Sunday in the afternoon game. They have the Arizona Cardinals coming to town. Now, the Cardinals are still trying to lock up the NFC West, which, when you looked at that 7-0 start, Seemed all but a lock, but here as of late, they're on a three-game losing streak, and hard to say what you're going to get from this offense. Now, it's hurt that they haven't had DeAndre Hopkins, but keep in mind they do have other players like James Conner, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Zach Ertz, who the Cowboys are fairly familiar with having played in this division for so long. The Cowboys also have a defense that's really been peaking as of late, and if there's one thing to take away from last week's game, don't throw in the direction of Trayvon Diggs. Not on the first play of the first drive. Sounds from the sidelines was released by the Cowboys. And you can tell Diggs took that personally. One more interception, and he will have the franchise record for the most picks in a single season. One other note for the Cowboys, offensive lineman Tyron Smith returned to practice in a limited capacity on Wednesday. And it looks like he'll be ramping up more. It was a light walkthrough on Wednesday, but there'll be shells on Thursday. But it sounds like they've been pretty optimistic about his status for Sunday. Slater with the sage wisdom. Don't throw in the direction of Trayvon Diggs. Sounds pretty legit to me. All right, it's the five seed versus the two seed Cardinals Cowboys. Both teams have clinched a playoff berth that happened last week, so it's all about seeding at this point, improving that this week, uh, and then what they can do when they get in the postseason. Cardinals have lost three straight, as Jane just said. The Cowboys, however, on a bit of a heater. They've won four straight. They're getting it done on both sides of the ball. They've scored points. They're getting those Trayvon Diggs turnovers. M. 
Rob. I'm going to go not even just NFC here. I'm going to ask because I've been so impressed by them on this win streak. Balanced, dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they the most intimidating team in the NFL right now? Oh, intimidating mm. team in the NFL. Intimidating. That's a loaded word right there, Kay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word intimidate, most intimidating team in the NFL when describing the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe they're the most talented team, possibly. Uh, from a, For the intimidation uh, standpoint, I would have to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think there's a more intimidating force. I don't think there's a more intimidating player than that guy throwing the football right there in Tom Brady. Uh, his resume proves that he should be intimidating. Uh, seven Super Bowls. He he lives in the playoffs. The minute he moves to another team, that team automatically is the Super Bowl favorite. They can play any type of game you want. They run the football. Leonard Fournette, uh, I believe, is is the glue to this entire team and this entire offense. You have Tom Brady. You got you lose Chris Godwin, one of the top wide receivers in the National Football League. Oh well, we'll just get um uh we'll just get Antonio Brown off the. COVID list and off the uh, you know injured reserve and bring him up on uh, you know on the active roster. They can they just have so many weapons. Then defensively, they can stop the run. They 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 they, they keep you under twenty one points scoring a game. I just when I look at this team from a totality standpoint, I just don't see another team as complete as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady. So. When you use that word intimidating, I would have to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers simply because Tom Brady, the force multiplier, that dude is legit. Like, Rob, we talked about this on the show on Monday. I think that there is definitely an argument that the Cowboys are the most talented team, top to bottom, in the NFL right now. But if we're talking intimidation, you have to lean toward the guys who have been there before. Look at some of the top quarterbacks in these playoffs here. When you look at, of course, Tom Brady is completely in a league of his own in terms of postseason success and everything else. But Aaron Rodgers has been there. He's won in January. Patrick Mahomes has been there. He's won a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott's been to the playoffs a couple of times. He's got one win, but hasn't made any kind of a deep run. And that is not in any way an indictment on Dak Prescott, who they absolutely love in Dallas. Everything that he brings to the table in terms of leadership as well as being a phenomenal player and a guy who looked a lot more like himself last week than we've seen him in some time as he gets a little yes, bit more did. distance from that calf injury. you got to win when it's the biggest games, the biggest moments, regardless of whether or not a Cowboys-Bucks or a Cowboys-Packers matchup would happen in Dallas or on the road. The intimidation is going to belong to that quarterback who's won it all before. Mm-hmm. I agree, and those are good answers. Listen, the, the Bucks have the entire Brady thing going on. It, it, the talent of the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the talents of the teams you're mentioning, Tom. But if I'm thinking about intimidation, I'm thinking of just right now as it's late in the year and you're tired and your body is sore and maybe psychologically you're getting kind of exhausted. Who is the last team you want to play? I don't want to play the Colts. Hell no. Hell no. I don't want to have to tackle Jonathan Taylor 28 times a game. No. If I'm a safety or if I'm a linebacker, I look at the schedule this week and I'm saying, God damn it, we got to play these guys? We got to play these guys who play differently than pretty much every other team in the league. These guys who I think want to get Jonathan Taylor the MVP and will feed him. And it's not even Taylor. Once you finally get him off the field, then you got to deal with the Darius Leonard experience who leads the league in fumble punch-outs and angry runs by defensive players. Like, you know, after this, they have the Jaguars. Can you imagine the Jaguars circling the drain in their season in week 18? It feels like week 800. Having to play these two fiends, I don't want to do it at all. It's a long, long day. at the. You know what's intimidating? Hard work when you're tired. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You got good quarterbacks. It's the NFL. We all got good quarterbacks. You've won a bunch of Super Bowls, great. I don't want to tackle that guy that many times. I'm actually intimidated by the prospect of it and a team that is red hot and a coach who is afraid of nothing. I actually think it's the Colts out of nowhere. Great point. It's a great point, but when you think Carson Wentz, do you think intimidated? M. Rob, I'm just asking. No. And, and Dak has a lot to prove. Dak 0-2 mm-hmm. up against Brady. That includes a week one loss this season. He's got a lot to prove. Since 2016, Dak 1-3 against Aaron Rodgers, including, of course, that back-breaking loss to him in the divisional round when the Cowboys were the one seed in the NFC. But you got to look. You know, you're saying everybody has a good quarterback. Does everybody have a good quarterback? Does everyone have an intimidating quarterback? M. Rob, size up the Colts, their intimidation factor. And you have to include their quarterback who leads the way. 
<laughs> well, yeah, when you when you include Carson Wentz in there, I, I do think the Colts are intimidating if they play a certain style. You keep Carson Wentz between 30, 32 pass attempts a game. You keep Jonathan Taylor's uh, carries upward north of 25 carries a game. That is the formula for the uh, Indianapolis Colts Wentz to be an great. intimidating team. They have to play a certain way. They just got to play a certain way, Kay. Carson Wentz, not intimidating. Here's what it is. Carson Wentz completing five passes against Bill Belichick and the Colts Incredible. still winning because they don't need to. That's a That's tough, tough, you tough go. time for them. There you go. All right, guys. Yeah, let's do. Let's go to Baltimore with the Ravens. The Ravens have lost four straight. They're out of the playoffs. Not getting any easier for them in Week 17. The Rams coming to town, but could a superstar be back for the Ravens? Aditi Kinkawala with the latest. Okay, Wednesday was a good day for the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson was back on the practice field. This is the first time that Jackson has been on the field, able to participate since he hurt his ankle in that December 12th game against the Browns. Now, head coach John Harbaugh told us that he would be limited and that the Ravens would hope that they could amp up his work as the week goes on, depending on how that ankle responds. But as tight end Mark Andrews said, getting eight back is special because he is such a special player. The Ravens also should get his backup, Tyler Huntley, back on Thursday off of the COVID list. So that should give them a little bit of wiggle room. Now, the Ravens all year long have talked about their fight and not waving the white flag, but they should have some significant reinforcements this week off of that COVID list, especially on defense. And although they have lost four in a row, the first three were by a mere four points. This last one was while playing with almost half a team of practice squad players. And so they are facing a very tough and very hot Ram squad this weekend. The Ravens, they always like their chances. As Andrew said, they never give up fighting. Yeah. That's right, Aditi, keeping the hope alive for Ravens fans. If we look at the playoff picture, she is not wrong. Tight race, Baltimore on the outside. They're in the eighth seed. Honestly, Tom P., they have to win these next two games because if they don't, they're probably not making the playoffs and they would need a lot of help to make it to the dance. Do you think if they do get that superstar back, Lamar Jackson, they can make it happen? Okay, our Cynthia Freeland puts it at a 30.9% chance right now for the Ravens to make it into the postseason. They actually still have okay. a path even to win the AFC North, though they'd have to win both games and have the Bengals lose twice. What amazes me when you take a step back here is that the Ravens are even still in it right now. When you look at the number of guys they've been missing, just look at the list from last week in that game against Cincinnati. That is everyone, pretty much. And then written in tiny type on the bottom, Lamar Jackson inactive ankle. That is the story right there of the Ravens season going all the way back to J.K. Dobbins getting hurt in the preseason game, the practice where Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters got hurt for their ACLs on back-to-back snaps. It's a credit to John Harbaugh and that coaching staff that they are even hanging around, but certainly a must-win game against a Rams team that, at least defensively and in the running game last week, was rolling pretty good in Minnesota. Yeah, I absolutely think if Lamar Jackson is back in the fold and he's healthy, I do think his health uh, has a lot to do with this. I think his health because of his legs, right? Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic running quarterback in the National Football League. And when he's running the football, when he's on, um, they're pretty tough to stop, right? He's averaging about close to 70 rushing yards a game. Uh, He's had to play Superman ball, guys. And I I was skeptical of that he could pull it off all season. As you can see, he got hurt. He missed some games. But toward the back end of this game, uh, toward the back half, back end of this season, they're going to need him to do what we're seeing on the screen right now, running the football, using his legs, forcing defenses to play 11 on 11 football. Now, that zero blitz that Miami uh, put on tape uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was week 11 or week 12, that ain't going nowhere. Right. And we've seen we've seen Tyler Huntley beat the zero blitz when he was in that quarterback. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson handle the zero blitz as well as he should be handling. So I expect that blitz to come up. And I also expect Lamar Jackson to continue to use his legs. He's dynamic. They're going to need him to have a Superman type Mm -hmm. effort if they want to go get to the playoffs. Well, I think they're going to throw everything at him, too, Mike, because I don't know how well this guy moves. 
I, I choose to believe, though, and that was before Aditi's incredible hit in which he fired all of us up. Let's look at this, the situation here. Uh, it's late in the season. You have a must-win. Your quarterback, if you saw the video of him yesterday limping around, it, it looked rough. You got guys out. You got a very quality opponent. All the odds against you. And I still believe, I choose to look at this as an opportunity. Because if Lamar Jackson can't be Lamar Jackson, if he can't run, if he can't scramble, and again, the video of him at practice did not look good. Maybe he wins this game with his arm. Can you imagine, after all of this, after all he's still heard since Louisville, since winning the MVP, that he's still a running quarterback who can throw a little. Lamar comes out and wins this game with... 360 yards and 11 rushing yards. That is that is seminal from him. For him, that is massive. That is the game that all of his supporters and all of his apologists and all of his teammates have wanted him to have. Believe me, there's a lot of crazy talk about Lamar out there. I've heard conversations on programs saying, "Would you really want Lamar at 35 million a year, or do you want Tyler Huntley at three million a year? What are we talking about here?" Put that to bed. I actually look at this as an opportunity to shut people up, to win this game with a thing that people still ignorantly, uh, incredibly say that you cannot do with your arm. It is going to be hard because I do not think he can run very well at all right now. We'll see how he comes out. But to have to go back and be like, guys, what else you want me to do? I'm going to show that what great passer I am. Give me Mark Andrews and my right arm and let's go to town. I think it's a really cool opportunity. I will never give up on the Ravens. I mean, me neither, Kyle. I want him in, but I'm looking at this video that has over 640,000 views of him on this dead grass out there with a pronounced limp. It doesn't look good. Do I even want him out there? I've seen my futures, he's my franchise guy. But if he wants to play, he's going to play. I don't know if they have to protect him from himself at this point. It doesn't look good. So I'm going to need him to be 100% as a passer, I guess, to Mark Andrews, to your point, Kyle. But I also need him to use his legs because he's going to have to be Superman to get this done. Because one thing I don't trust with this team, and it's maybe of no fault of their own, the defense. The defense has been putrid. Injury on injury. Really, ever since Marlon Humphrey went out. Uh, that was like kind of like the last straw. They gave up 17 fourth quarter points to the Steelers when he went out and lost. He gave up 24 points to the Browns. The most Cleveland has scored in two entire months, guys. A cool 31 points to the Packers. And then do I even have to mention what Joe Burrow did just last week? 41 points coming close to breaking the 70-year-old season game passing record. So they need Lamar at 100% to overcome the issues the defense is having. I don't know if I see it happening and I don't know what they should do or how they should handle Lamar in this game. So keep your eyes peeled, of course, uh, and keep it on NFL Network for all the latest on him after seeing that limping video of him on the practice field. Now, we have yeah. Tom Pellicero with oh. us, so we're going to take full advantage of that this morning to get the latest. We want to flip it over, my friend, to the NFC side of things. A lot of teams vying for spots in the postseason. What about the one in your backyard, the Vikings? What's up with them and Thielen? Okay, Vikings running back Dalvin Cook was cleared from the reserve COVID-19 list on Wednesday, just six days after he had tested positive. Now, Cook is unvaccinated. Under the old NFL-NFLPA protocols, he would have had to miss 10 days. Still would have been able to play this week against the Packers, but would not have been able to rejoin the team until the weekend. So he's one of many players who who returned sooner than he otherwise would have. 100 players league-wide activated from the COVID list on Wednesday alone. Meanwhile, wide receiver Adam Thielen will not be playing on Sunday against the Packers. He underwent ankle surgery that I'm told is expected to sideline him about a month. The Vikings put him on injured reserve. If somehow they make a long shot playoff run, potentially Thielen could get back sometime closer to the NFC Championship game. But otherwise, it certainly appears that Thielen, who tried to gut it out through that high ankle sprain last week, got tackled awkwardly, tried to return to the game, just couldn't go. His 2021 season is going to be over, Ken. Mm, sad to hear that. We'll, of course, flip over and look at the NFC side of things as far as the playoffs are concerned. Thank you, Tom, for being on our show today. We've got lots more to come, including the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yes, it's all going on. Camden awaiting its next class. You can join us live as we reveal the 15 legends who are one step closer to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The 2022 Gold Jacket finalists today live at 5 p.m. Eastern and only on NFL Network. That kind of freaked me out because that was the Good Morning Football theme music. We're going to take a break here. Regardless, Aaron Rodgers has been in the news a bunch this year. Lots of headlines. Should it affect his MVP chances? Kyle, what do you say? 
I'll tell you right after the break. Get ready, folks. <laughs> and applause with a steady cam. Gotta love it. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rodgers looks and waits. Lawson left side. Devontae Adams makes the catch, cuts it back with a foul. Enzo, touchdown, Devontae Adams on a 38-yard touchdown reception. Rodgers under center, looks, throws, slant, right side. Devontae for the dagger. Touchdown. And the Packers lead it 44-27. to Good Morning Football is presented by Old Trapper. What's your beef? It is time. It is time for What's Your Beef? Presented by our friends at Old Trapper. We love this. We love an MVP race. We love beef jerky. Let's get into this right now. One of the most fascinating MVP races we have ever seen is almost over. It really is. And both the optics and the implicit odds say that it's down to three potential finalists. Aaron Rodgers, heavy favorite right now. Then Jonathan Taylor then Tom Brady. Personally, I think it's Rodgers, and I think it's Rodgers in one of the most important games that speaks for Rodgers is the games that he missed as a result of testing positive for COVID-19 as an unvaccinated player. The Packers had nothing that day. They lost badly to the Chiefs because he wasn't out there. Now, I think it's Rodgers. If someone wants to vote for Taylor or for Brady, or if they think the Cooper Cup is the most valuable player in the league, fine. Absolutely vote for them, of course. But my beef today is that this thing is going to be personal. And that it's going to be political. If you're voting for someone else other than Rogers as some kind of anti-Rogers vote or with any degree of spite or on some kind of personal crusade against Aaron Rodgers, please don't. Please don't do that. This is the MVP race. And you know, weeks ago, Pat McAfee openly joked with Rogers on his show earlier this fall after Rogers' thoughts on COVID and vaccinations, saying he's never going to be able to win another MVP now. Personally, this landed on my radar a couple weeks ago. I was texting with someone who is an MVP voter. This is someone that we all know, guys. And we're talking about football and stuff, and the person mentioned the MVP odds. I said, you think Rodgers? They said, Rodgers is going to have to beat a lot more than just the other players. I said, you think there's going to be some kind of prejudice against him? They replied one word, absolutely. I respond to that with two words, Bush League. Here's the deal. Rodgers has upset people. Fans, MVP voters, you name it. But it has nothing to do with who is the MVP of the league this year, and I don't think it ever should. 
And yet this week, guys, I texted another MVP voter, another person that all of us know, and I asked directly, do you think that people will not vote for Rodgers because of things that he's said and done off the field? The reply said, not me personally, but some of my peers, yes. So I would ask you, do you agree with everything that Rodgers has said this season? Do you agree with what he said about COVID-19? Do I agree with it? I agree that he threw three touchdowns against the Browns, and I think that's what matters. The MVP award has nothing to do with Ivermectin. It has to do with throwing four interceptions in an entire season. I also think there's stakes of NFL history here. This would be Aaron Rodgers' fourth MVP. It would put him past Brady, Favre, Unitas, Jim Brown. I think in our world and what we do, I think it matters. And years from now, are we going to look back and say, yeah, we gave it to a running back that year because Aaron Rodgers mentioned Joe Rogan. Look, I fully understand the sensitivity and the emotions here. In fact, I share a lot of them personally and in my family. But I also understand that voters of awards in sports can be a persnickety group, a group that can keep Terrell Owens out of the Hall of Fame for a couple years merely to teach him a lesson. Please do not publicize or politicize, rather, the MVP award. Maybe one day there will be an award for most vaccinated player, but right now it is most <laughs> valuable player. It is the single greatest honor that can be decided for a player on the field of play. Please let's keep it there. Mike Rob, your thoughts. <laughs> KB, that was beautifully done, brother. That was awesome. And I agree with 99.9% of what you said, man. I, I, t- I do. I think the MVP race should be totally about what's on the field. It shouldn't involve uh, people's personal um, personal, uh, you know, um, things or personal decisions or personal uh, ideas toward other people. It shouldn't involve that. But, all right, Aaron Rodgers is good. We all know that. I think the bigger question around Aaron Rodgers is why doesn't he have more Super Bowls, KB? And I know we're talking MVP. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers didn't come to the MVP, didn't come to the National Football League to win the most MVPs in league history. That wasn't his, that, that shouldn't have been his, you know, his goals, right? And I think this offseason, all the, all the offseason talk was about respect. And let, it's clearly that Aaron Rodgers is a great talent. That's cool. It's, it's all good with that. But again, I really think Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees should be in this conversation as well, should have more Super Bowls. That's why you come to this league. So, yeah, I agree with you, but there is a conversation around Aaron Rodgers not living up to his arm potential. Because in big games and NFC championships, which we've seen him in the last two years playing, I, I believe he's he, he's messed up. I believe it was his play that didn't allow his team to move on. So, yeah, he should he should get the MVP this year. I would personally vote for Jonathan Taylor. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Rodgers should be in the discussion almost every single year. But how many Super Bowls is he getting? I don't know. One. The vote comes, Mike Rob, as you know, the couple of days after the regular season finale. So the playoffs is never right, wrong, or indifferent, never taken mm. into account when it comes to mm. voting for the MVP. I'm a former voter for the MVP and the other awards. When I left for NFL Network, I was stripped of my vote because of antiquated procedures I don't necessarily agree with, but that's a topic for another show entirely. (laughs) I will tell you this. I still go through the same process that I always did with my votes, which is I poll people within the league. I did it last week. You can read the story at NFL.com. Executives from 23 teams, including 10 general managers. I have them vote in all the major categories. In the MVP race, it was a two-man race. Aaron Rodgers got 11 votes. Jonathan Taylor got eight. The other ones were split between Cooper Cup, Tom Brady, and some others. But it's really those two guys in the minds of the top two or the top evaluators in the league. Those are the only guys who really garner that type of uh, MVP interest. So when you look at that versus what Kyle's saying here, I hope we're talking to a bunch of straw men, okay? I hope that people are not actually going to go, boy, I was going to vote for Rodgers, but I really don't like the vaccination thing. It's not, as Kyle said, most vaccinated player. It's not most valuable human, most valuable role model, whatever you think of his beliefs. It's most valuable player. One of the things that always bugs me about the awards is when I look at what people within the league think, because I ask them where the votes end up landing, there are politics in it. There are people voting for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I would hope it has nothing to do with anything off the field because ultimately that's not what we should be judging these votes on, Kay. 
But if it's objective, we would just make a fantasy scoring system and spit in the stats and it'll spit out who your MVP is, whether it's a quarterback or whether it's somebody else. There's subjectivity. There's Brady fatigue. There's different reasons different guys get this award and get voted for. And I think just to bring up the counterpoints in this, Kyle, you really eloquently put together an argument, but you're making it about his vaccination status and not the fact that to a lot of people who vote for this award, which is media members, they feel that they were misled by the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned nothing of that in your What's My Beef part, so I'd like to give it back to you quickly to sort of talk about that, because isn't that, it's not the most vaccinated player part, it's the most misled, we feel slighted media part, which is going to factor into this because there's a human element. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And he said, <clears throat> back in the moment, we said, I've been immunized. And all of the logic that I took and put towards vaccinations and anything that's been said is exactly applied to that. He said that in a, in a uh, press conference, not on the 30-yard line going in against Chicago. It, it really, I don't really mm-hmm. care what he said in any press conference or any interview as it pertains to the MVP. Again, such respect for sports writers. I was raised on them. I read them. We all love them. I get it. And I understand why someone might be offended or misled. I don't take any of that away from you. Hate the person. Light torches if you want. I couldn't care less. The MVP is a football award. It's a football award. I think he's been the best football player. And it's difficult. That's the burden. Tom, you wouldn't know. You used to have a vote. You have to compartmentalize. You have to say, man, I disrespect everything that person says, and I don't want my children to hear any of it. But he can huck that football, can he? And I think he's the best football player on the field. And to that point, I would also you can say disagree briefly, or you could feel slighted like, or misled or jaded. I'll, I'll just, if I could just finish my point, sorry, Tom, and then I'll let you go. Has, the question I say is how valuable is he to the team? Has any of that, what might cloud or might lead different voters in different directions, has it affected what he's done for the team? And it really hasn't. The fact that they had drama leading up to this season, the fact that they dealt with this in season, they sit there and they have the best record in the NFL. They're performing at an incredible clip, and he especially of late is crushing it. He's doing what he did last year. He's becoming undeniable as the candidate to emerge as the MVP. 17 total touchdowns and no interceptions over the last five weeks without him in games played. You can see what he looked like. They went 55 minutes without a point in that loss to Kansas City. So you can say what you want, but it's had no bearing really on his teammates, on his team's success, or on his play, Tom. To the point of media members being misled, as journalists, we're taught to always be skeptical of everything. When he is asked, are you vaccinated? Mm. And he says, yeah, I'm immunized. There's a follow-up question there. That should set off the bell in everyone's head. And I am not in any way casting aspersions on people on the Packers beat or anybody who was in that room. But everybody should have gone, wait, what did he say exactly? Instead of just running headlines Mm. saying Aaron Rodgers says he's vaccinated. So to the extent that we're putting it on him as a media group that he was not as upfront as he should have been. It's also on the media to actually get to the bottom of what in the world he was talking about. It just none of that bears on how valuable he is to his team, which is really, really valuable, Mike Rob. Yeah, yeah, he, he's very valuable. I don't think the Green Bay Packers win nearly the, the amount of games without Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of that team. I don't think that team is built that way without Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback to, uh, to, uh, of that team. But there is a point there in a league where we're trying to, you know, stop guys from taunting. We're trying to set good examples. I'm, I sit on the, the Legends Youth Advisory Committee with the National uh, Football League. We're trying to set the example for young people. There is something there that we may have to consider some of the things and some of the awards we give our players that we put up on a pedestal. Because, again, if it's going to be penalized in a game and, 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 and force teams to lose games based off of what these players are doing in games, we may also need to consider that with some of these awards. Time now for a refresh presented by Subway. And to the playoff pictures we go. Let's take a big bite out of this meatball sub, kids. The AFC playoffs, the Chiefs sitting at the number one seed with their clinched playoff spot. They are playing the three seed, the Bengals. It's the game of the weekend for me. It's going to be very interesting. And they ain't got the Dolphins. They snuck their way into the seventh spot after winning Monday night against the 
Saints-ish team. Yeah, those backups. And the Chargers and Raiders sitting right on the bubble at seeds 8 and 9. If we look over to the NFC, Packers, boys, Rams, Bucks, let's see, Cardinals, they're secure in the playoffs. They're in the dance. They are only two spots available. The Niners and Eagles trying to get in. The Vikings and Falcons sitting right on the bubble in the 8 and 9, trying to land a spot for themselves. So lots of teams, teams trying to secure a seat in the playoff race. Guys, which player do you think really needs to step it up? Who needs to have a big week 17 to sort of hit the refresh subway button on their playoff chances? KB, go. I'm looking at the Cardinals and the Cowboys, and I'm looking at Kyler Murray. Sometimes when you're struggling, as he is and as they are, you got to go back to your roots. And even the most prolific college NFL athletes will always say, man, nothing like Friday night lights. This is my high school helmet. I'm here in the basement at home. I still have it. I know we have another prolific high school athlete on the panel here. I'm not talking about Mike. I'm talking about Tom Pelissero at Edina High School in Minnesota where he played <laughs> baseball. So, Tom, you get this. And why am I bringing this up about Kyler? Kyler's going to AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas. Cowboys. Kyler Murray is 7-0 in that stadium, and would you like to see how he did it? Let's get into it. 2012, a young Kyler Murray goes to the state championship game versus Lamar. Three touchdowns in a 35-21 win. Okay, that was 2012. That was a sophomore year. 2013, the next year they're back. His junior year, same stadium he'll be playing in this weekend. Five touchdowns in a 63-28 win over Pearland High School. The next year, his senior year, he is back again in Jerry World, this time against Cypress Ranch. Five total touchdowns and a 47-16 win. So, all right, so he won a bunch of games there in high school. How about in college? He also goes to AT&T Stadium for the Big 12 championship game in which he had a giant flag and beat Texas by two scores. High school, college, has he done it in the pros? You better believe it. He went in there against the Cowboys. He won, he ran, he scampered. This is his happy place. The thing about the Cardinals this year, as you know, they're not good at home. They lose a lot at home. Jerry World is Kyler's world. Amateur level. College sort of amateur level, professional level. He does not lose there. Pick any era of his life you want. With Kyler being a little bit uncomfortable, kind of the body language is getting criticized and the team can't win, go back to your happy place. It's like a big old terry cloth robe with some cucumbers over your eyes. Kyler, it's your world, my man. We would love to have you surging into the playoffs. Let's get after it. Kyle, I'm going to go with another young quarterback here. Justin Herbert, and no, I'm not putting what's happening to the Chargers recently all on the shoulders of a young quarterback. Those guys will have ups and downs, particularly when you play a game like they did last week without your running back, Austin Eckler, without wide receiver Mike Williams, without Joey Bosa helping out that defense. But Herbert is 0-6 when he throws two interceptions in a game, which he did last week against the Texans, including that late pick six. The previous week against Kansas City, zero points for the Chargers on three drives that ended inside the five-yard line. This is what it's all about. The big games down the stretch. You're trying to stay in the playoff picture. Chargers do still have a chance here to get into the postseason. Again, not all on Herbert, but they do need Justin Herbert at his best this week. Absolutely, Tommy P. Justin Herbert needs to step up. Colin Murray definitely needs to step up, especially going in, going into the playoffs. I think he can save Co- uh, Coach Kingsbury's job and how we look at uh, Coach Kingsbury. But for me, I'm going to go with Lamar Ooh. Jackson. And not because Lamar Jackson's been playing bad. It's because his team needs him. They've lost the last four games. They have lost the last four games. But... Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens, they're playing the NFC team. And look at Lamar Jackson versus NFC teams. He's 12-0 in his career, 181 pass yards, 26 total touchdowns, and only five interceptions. Now, on this board, I'm happy about the five interceptions because that means he's taking care of the football when he plays NFC teams. This year, he has 13 interceptions, career high. And the reason why I think NFC teams struggle with Lamar Jackson is because I don't think there's a, a quarterback quite like him in the NFC so they don't have to defend him and I know teams that people are going to say oh you got Kyler Murray Russell Wilson guys that move around like that but they're more scramblers right Lamar Jackson is a pure runner 
He's a runner that has the ability to throw the football. I don't think we've ever seen a guy like Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position. They're going to need all of his abilities, all of his rushing abilities. I hope his ankle is cool. They're going to need his right arm. They're going to need everything for them to win this game against the Rams. I expect Lamar Jackson to step up to the challenge. Now you saw the video of him on the grass. What do you think? I know. I know. I, I'm, <laughs> that didn't look good, but I will say this. It did look like he was uh, just wasn't warmed up yet. It looked like it was, you know, the beginning of practice and he just needs to get the fluids going. But yeah, okay. it didn't look good, Kay. It didn't. The grass didn't either. Mm. That's what I want to hear. I'm looking at Trey Lance. Are you guys kidding me? We're going to give this rookie a Week 17 start against the Texans who already spoil things potentially for the Chargers. This is a team that wants to get in, punch their ticket into the playoffs. It's going to be fascinating to watch him, especially given with the Texans and how tough they've been against the past. They're flipping tables and ruining it for everybody. So, Trey Lance, my eyes are on you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this past year, we had the opportunity to connect with Kenny Clark, who is an NFL player with the Green Bay Packers. And one of the reasons that this is so important is because his life story really helps young people to understand that it's possible to go through this kind of traumatic experience of having a parent incarcerated and still achieve your dreams. It helps that the NFL is getting behind huge issues because it helps educate and it helps motivate different communities to follow behind the NFL and um, help with these issues. The NFL is very respected, and a lot of people look up to us whether we know it or not. And the more people we get on board, the more we can stop these issues. Mm, 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 mm. Joining us now, one of the best defensive players in the game. He was just named to a Pro Bowl for the second time in his career, and his team is aiming towards wrapping up home field advantage in the playoffs. Welcome to the show. One of the best defensive players in all of football. And he's having one hell of a year. Packers, nose tackle, Kenny Clark. Welcome to the virtual breakfast table, bro. Appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you, bro. Uh, Man, first of all, I love what you're doing with the Inspire Change, man. I was affected. One of my parents was locked up when I was growing up, too, man. So great job. Keep doing it, man. The world needs more people like you. 
Congratulations on being named to a Pro Bowl for the second time in your career. What approach did you take going into this season? And do you feel like you're playing the best football in all of your career? Yeah, um, I just think, you know, I've just been locked in, man. Um, I had a, had a really good offseason, uh, you know, OTAs and camp. Uh, you know, the time that I spent um, just, just locking in and focusing on my craft. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that, that I'm healthy. You know, and uh, last year, you know, I had a uh, I had tore my groin the first the first game of the season. It kind of took me a while to get back on. Um, but you know, this year I just been healthy and um, you know been locked in and focused like I am every every year. And um, you know, everything's just been paying off with all my hard work. It is, and I gotta tell you, congratulations on being named to the Pro Bowl. That's two seasons in a row for you, and I do think you're playing some of the best football. You look like you're having fun when you're out there doing it. We love it. Kenny Clark waking up with Good Morning Football. I'm wondering if you could sort of shed some light on the biggest difference or the most improved thing from last year under Joe Barry to this year under Joe Barry. What's been the biggest game changer? Um, I think like up front. Um, he's allowing us to be more like just disruptive um, up front. And then um, just everybody's having an understanding of, of the defense. You know, Joe B, he, he does a great job at, at having everybody understand the why, why we're doing something. And uh, I think, you know, everybody's just been preparing the right way and, um, you know, focused on, on, on their job. You know, we, we had a lot of injuries this year, especially on defense. And, uh, you know, it's all credit to Joe B getting all those guys right, uh, aligning, aligning everybody up to where they're supposed to be. And um and holding everybody accountable to to a standard and um you know we've been doing that uh you know each and every day and uh you know it's been paying off for us. It has, it really has, and you guys are surging like you seem to every single year. Kenny, I hope you don't mind. We want to ask you about one of your lesser known teammates who doesn't get a lot of publicity. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers, uh, quarterback number twelve. Um, he's having another MVP year. <laughs> he looks incredible. Uh, he's the odds-on favorite to win. Yet another MVP. I'm sure he would have your vote. But, you know, you've been around this guy for a while, Kenny. You've seen him for years now. What is different about him this year? I'm talking about as a person and as a player. Man, he, like, he's just enjoying just, he's just enjoying every single day. Like, you can just tell he's just, he's just having fun out there. Um, he's just calm, cool, and collected every single day. Um it's crazy, like like the, the guy right, right now. He doesn't even practice, and you know he comes out and and and, and you know does the stuff that he does. Like uh, it's amazing to see. But um, you know, he, I mean, I don't think nothing's really changed. You know, he's always been that way. But just you know, these these past these last two years, man, he's just you can just tell he's just really just out there just enjoying himself. Uh, you know, having fun in the locker room. Um, you know, just just being himself, and uh, you know, he, he's he's just having fun. That's just really, really what it is. Kenny Aaron mentioned yesterday that he's not ruling out the possibility of retiring after this season. There was a little bit of speculation last off season about his future. I don't know. You might have missed it. It wasn't it wasn't a big deal at all. What do you think when you hear Aaron <laughs> talking about the possibility of retirement? Do you think he's going to be a Packer in twenty twenty two? Man, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hope so, though. I hope so, man. He, he's a he's a great player. And, um, you know, I've been with him since I mean for six years now, and um, you know, he, yeah, he's he's a great player. You know, a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, everything. I mean, he's he's he means a lot to this to this organization. So, uh, you know, a guy that that uh, I respect and um, you know I love to go to battle with. Uh, each and every Sunday. Um, so, you know, whatever he decides to do, um, that's on him and and uh, his family and um, his friends and, and w- or whatever. But, um, you know, while he's here, we're going to just enjoy this season and, um, you know, enjoy, you know, playing out there on Sunday. Great answer, Kenny. I'm not going to do what Tommy P did and put you on the spot like that. Great answer, big dog. Uh, Dance it. Great dog, that jump, right? <laughs> you danced around that one. Good yeah. job. All right, look, in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, no, seriousness, though, we lost a legend on Tuesday. Obviously, we all know legendary um, coach and, and broadcaster John Madden passed away. When you think of John Madden, man, like just what comes to mind when you think of the legend uh, in John Madden? Man, um, he, he, he affected, you know, so many people. Um, just, I mean, I know growing up as a kid, just, you know, just the video game in itself. I mean, just how he affected everybody with that. Um, and then to add on, you know, him being a coach and, 
uh, you know, broadcaster and all that kind of stuff. Like uh, he affected so many people's lives. And, you know, uh, one big thing, you know, he just taught taught everybody about the game of football, um, whether it was him, you know, coaching, broadcasting or in, through the video game. And, uh, you know, you know, that's that's a huge credit to him and, uh, you know, his ideas and, and his talents. And, um, you know, uh, he's a great guy. He really is. He's already really missed, and players of all generations, uh, Hall of Famers to younger guys like yourself, all love him. Kenny, we always like asking about this this time of year. So you said you're in your sixth year. You're also a Southern California kid. Uh, San Bernardino, Rialto. What is it like this time of year as a SoCal guy in Green Bay? Because Rogers was saying this week that he likes it as cold <laughs> as possible. Where do you come out with that philosophy? Well, I, I didn't got pretty used to it the last the last six years. But I, I mean, when I first got here, I, I didn't like I wasn't used to this. Like it's it's like what sixteen degrees right now. Um, it's it's cold, man. It's cold, and uh, they said oh. game day is supposed to be two degrees. So um, the coldest uh, I played, two. Be, yeah, two, yeah, two degrees, yeah. So uh, you know we we'll be ready for it. Um, but just growing up in, South, in Southern Cal and then coming out here, I didn't know what to expect. But um, I learned real quick, you know, how to drive out here and how to do all that kind of stuff. And playing out here, you know, you gotta gotta make sure your, your hands are, are warm. Well, that's really the biggest thing is it's your fingers. Your, your fingers, man. They you start hitting them pads and, you know, start grabbing cloth and mm. uh, them fingers start hurting. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, you're doing a great job with it, brother. No. Keep keep doing your thing. You know, you understand how to handle the weather out there, so I'll take your word for it. I'm not going out there. Congratulations. <laughs> keep doing it, man. Good luck on the end of the season and uh, finish up strong, man. You guys deserve it. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Kenny. You Thank it. you. Tell uh, tell the coach of the year, Matt LaFleur, we say hello as well. You have a happy new year. Tell everybody hello from us out there in Green Bay. Yeah. Goodbye, Kyle. Okay, nice to meet princes. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.